Hello, everybody. How are you today? Hey, guys. We have something different for you this week. Uh, I've been dealing with the death in the family, so we didn't have a lot of time to do prep for the episode, but we did want to have something out for you. So this week, <laughs> as you can see, I have not been home very, very much the last several days, and... The cats are missing her. <laughs> yes. So... It doesn't take a lot of preparation to do the circle time stuff because it's just you reading a book to me. Yes, and you commenting as you see fit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put part one and part two out. Part one was on the Patreon originally, but we'll put it in the regular feed right now. So you're going to get two episodes if you didn't listen to part one. I'm just going to put this intro in front of both of them. Okay. So some lucky people will get to hear this twice. I see. <laughs> and at the end of uh, part two, that's when we recorded in a hotel room after an eight-hour drive. Yeah. So we got pretty punchy towards the end. So that's hopefully fun for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we're sorry. Yeah. If this isn't your your normal thing or not, not your thing at all, that's totally fine. We'll have a regular episode back up next Wednesday and be on our regular schedule. But just needed needed a little time. Yeah. So let's just... Gather around, everybody, <laughs> for some circle time. Circle time. Hey, kids, gather around. It's circle time. <laughs> so today we're going to be continuing The X-Files Origins, Devil's Advocate by Jonathan Mayberry. Do you remember where we are or what we've covered? Not even a little. I know that Scully is little. But yep. not super little. Right, she's like 15. But she does have a little, little brother. Yes, who just does zoomies through the house and doesn't talk much, I yeah. think. Yeah, and somebody died. She is not a skeptic yet. All right, are you ready for Chapter 8? Let's go. Francis Scott Key, Regional High School, 7.06 a.m. Gotta love the timestamps. We're not getting those every episode now. It's also 666. 7.06? How is 706666? 666. Oh, 666 minutes. Oh. Is that a Q thing? No. It feels like a mind bendy. I think it's an X-Files thing. Oh. I think it's a thing I'm remembering from the X-Files. Okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. School was school. That's that's well written. You know? That is literary genius. I love this description. <laughs> this description of school is... School. Classes started with ringing bells. Ours was more of a tone. Oh, was it? Uh, but it wasn't the 70s. <laughs> that's true. Hallways filled and emptied. Filled and emptied. <sighs> the principal made incoherent announcements through bad speakers mounted to classroom walls. What if they were pristine speakers? They were the clearest speakers anyone has ever had, and that's just how the the principal spoke. And then he'd take his finger off the button and go. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the Dennis Leary joke about a guy with a voice box going through a drive-thru. order. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I like a big mac. Are you making fun of me? I'm not making fun of you. It's hard to do that. Yeah. Teachers attempted to teach, and students, mostly but not entirely, tried not to be taught. Yeah. Normal. Uh-huh. 
Except that it wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you drawn in? I am now. There was a subsurface stream of conversation, speculation, and gossip. Oh, well, that's totally different than a normal day in a junior high. Right? <laughs> or high school, or I, f- I forget what grade they're in. I think she's 15, so high school. Okay. I believe it's... Oh, yeah, of course it is. I just said where we were. Thanks for oh, yeah. paying attention, both of us. <laughs> Francis Scott Key, Regional High School. The girls who were friends or semi-friends with Maisie held court and were extravagantly tragic. Oh, good. Extravagantly, because their friend was murdered brutally. No, their friend oh, died in a car accident. You're right. I remember that part. You're right. Dana observed it all, but did not play the game. Dana was not like the other girls. <laughs> Does it actually say that? No. Okay. <laughs> but that's what he's doing. Uh-huh. She had never met Maisie, didn't even know what she looked like. And somehow she felt guilty for not knowing a fellow student who'd died. That's... Uh, Okay. I feel like I would feel curious about a fellow student who died. We didn't have any students who died while I was in high school, but one of the students I went to high school died my first year of college. But what about all of those missing children we kept hearing about? (laughs) I didn't know any of them. They didn't didn't go to my high school. (laughs) Sorry if there are missing children out there listening. (laughs) Kristen? (laughs) The missing children you're making fun of won't hear this. But your friends who are missing children will. Oh, no! All right, we'll cut it out then. (laughs) That was so rude. I've gotten through one and a half paragraphs and I'm being the rudest person. (sighs) It seemed somehow disrespectful. Kind of like my comment. (laughs) Though Dana could not figure out why. She decided that she'd go to church on Sunday and light a candle for her. Okay, yeah. As the day played out, she realized just how little she had become involved in this school. She wasn't part of any clique. She didn't have a circle of friends. Even Dave and Eileen wouldn't have told her about Maisie if Dave didn't have a crush on Melissa. Dana felt invisible at times. Like a ghost, she thought. But thinking that creeped her out. Uh, okay. Didn't Xander become a ghost? No. No, Willow Willow became a ghost. Yeah. Xander became invisible. No. I thought he became invisible because nobody paid attention to him. Uh, no, uh, it was a different, it was Halloween season four, nobody could see him. He wasn't really invisible, just nobody could hear or see him. What's the difference? Well, when you're invisible, people can hear you. Oh, he was audibly and visually yes. invisible. Got it. In, inaudible. He was invisible and inaudible. Got it. Between English and gym, she had a free period, so she spent part of it in the library in- looking for books on religious visions. Invisible. Invisible. <laughs> yep. He, he was that little hair tie thing. <laughs> <laughs> there were none. There were no books on religious visions in her public high school library. Oh, no. That's what happens when Democrats are in office. She also was looking for books on psychological damage. Those were not in her high school library either. (laughs) That's what happens when Republicans are in office. And dreams. Nothing. That's what happens when the Green Party's in office. Frustrated, she left. 
and went down to the gym to change early. She didn't like changing when all the other girls were around. Unlike every other girl who loves changing in front of all of the other high school girls. Look at all my pubes! <laughs> could hear them in the other changing room. Oh no, I didn't think about how thin the walls might be. Look at my nips! <laughs> yeah. It was weird. So you definitely had girls in your high school. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Like four of them. Four. And they were just in there screaming about their nips and their pubes. Yep. That's why we kept them locked in there. <laughs> they were weird, man. Man, you got to stop yelling about your pubes. We'll let you out when you stop yelling about your pubes. But look at them! Did they ever stop yelling or are they in there to this day? Those girls died 50 years ago today. Oh. Should I do the sign of the cross? <laughs> no, that's illegal. There's a Democrat president. Oh. <laughs> Even though he's Catholic. But I can't do it? Yep, you can't do it. Okay. It's, it's illegal. All right. I don't know what all the rules are. <laughs> Unlike her sister, Dana was shy about even being in her underwear around anyone. She was tiny, skinny, and didn't have much in the way of curves. Not yet. Mom said that puberty sometimes took its time, but that it always caught up. And I would like to remind everybody right now. This is a grown man writing this shit? That's what I would like to remind everybody. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Melissa had looked 20 when she was 12. No, no she didn't. No, she didn't. Mm -mm. Mom tried to tell Dana that looking like a grown woman at that age wasn't a blessing. But Dana always envied Melissa's figure. Charm, an outgoing personality, a great sense of humor, and boobs mused Dana, cataloging, cataloging her sister's assets. Oh my god. How often did you sit in the um, in the gym changing room and catalog your brother's assets? No, I was cataloging the assets of the girls in the other room, though. Because they were yelling them? Yeah, I could write down what they said. <laughs> Somebody needed a chronicle of what was going on over there. You know what? It's true. They were calling for attention <laughs> are you trying to say that they were asking for it <laughs> oh my problematic wife well you have to have a problematic fave and i want to be it <laughs> okay morrissey you're out <laughs> i'll fight you but i need to get some sparkly pajamas so give me a couple of days okay <laughs> okay and what do I have? Moodiness? Better grades? A big dose of being weird? Yeah, that'll win all the boys over. <sighs> Moodiness. <laughs> <laughs> like Donkey's wife. <laughs> well, no wonder all the boys are on their two-week treks away from her. <laughs> the last gym class was still going on and the locker room was empty. So Dana opened her locker and undressed quickly and pulled on the sleeveless, ug legless, I almost said ugless, <laughs> the sleeveless, legless, ugly blue onesie that was the girls' un gym uniform. Now, I don't know what uniforms were like in this time period. The 70s, right? Shouldn't it be just like t-shirt and, and shorts? Yeah. Yes, yes, it should. Okay. Okay. The only good thing about the garment was that no one, not even Donna Bertram, who looked like Farrah Fawcett, looked good in it. Uh-huh. 
She thought she was totally alone until a locker door opened behind her with a soft click. Dana turned, startled, and saw a girl she didn't know standing there, peering into the crammed locker. Oh, sorry, said Dana, though she had no idea what she was sorry for. The girl fished for something inside the locker. It's cool. I thought I was alone in here. Me too. Except the girl was right behind Dana, so the girl would have seen Dana. Uh-huh. Okay. Whatever. I don't think he's paying attention. He's still thinking about that leotard. Uh. The girl was about Dana's height, but with a bigger build and lots of thick black hair. I was afraid where that was going to go. <laughs> she wore a pretty blue... <laughs> lots of thick black pubes. <laughs> <laughs> What is this? School in Indiana? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> she wore a pretty blue blouse and a skirt that was so short, Dana wondered if one of the teachers had yelled at her for it. Pantyhose, too, which was equally odd for school, and really nice shoes. Around her neck, the girl wore an unusual pendant a black onyx disc surrounded by stylized flames done in curls of gold, like a total solar eclipse. Even though Dana had never seen that particular piece of jewelry before, there was something strikingly familiar about it. Okay. Because it looked like a... A solar eclipse? Yeah. (laughs) Because it looked like a thing you just described? (laughs) Dana turned away and began buttoning up her gym suit. Wait, I thought it was a leotard. No, it was a onesie. Uh, oh, it was a onesie. Jumpsuit. It's a onesie. It's like a shorts jumpsuit, it's I thought. Like armless legless. Ugly blue onesie. Okay, so sort of what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking leotard. Like a full one-piece swimsuit, only not for swimming. Well, when I think onesie, I think it buttons up in the front. Okay. I guess baby onesies do. Yeah. And right on the butt. Oh, do you think it has a little button butt flap? It must. For the diapers? How's it... <sighs> Arm, the armless legless part is I'm thinking shorts but not like completely legless yeah I'm thinking more like a one piece bathing suit yeah okay hmm. yeah. the silence of the locker room seemed big and it felt like it ought to be filled with something Dana was terrible at small talk usually falling into the bad habit of commenting on the weather today was different of course and Dana grabbed the big topic for want of something else to say That was such a shame about what happened to Maisie, wasn't it? The sounds of rummaging stopped. Maisie? Why? What happened to her? Oh, didn't you hear? She looked over her shoulder, but the girl still faced the other way, one hand inside the locker. No, what happened? There was a car accident, said Dana, and she was killed. Car accident, said the girl. That's what they're saying. She was at a party and she hit a tree. So sad. Did you know her? Weird time to ask if you knew this dead girl after explaining (laughs) that she's dead but okay the girl withdrew her hand from the locker and stood with her arms hanging loosely at her sides shoulders slumped head bowed that's how Maisie died she asked still not turning around that's what they said who what asked Dana who said that's what happened I don't know everyone I guess it's all over school She saw the girl's shoulders begin to tremble even before she heard the first sob. The girl balled her hands into fists and seemed to cave inward as if punched in the stomach, bent almost double by the news. I'm so sorry, cried Dana. Was she a friend of yours? The sobs were horrible to hear, deep, broken, bottomless. 
Dana took a small step toward her, reaching out, almost touching her, but crippled by her own discomfort. Melissa would know what to say, but she did not. All she could think to say was, I'm sorry, over and over again. A split second later, a sudden and unexpected pain flared on Dana's chest right over her heart. It was an in as intense as a burn, but the moment Dana touched the spot, the pain vanished. Then the girl turned around and screamed. It was the loudest sound Dana had ever heard. It filled the whole room and slammed into her like a wave, hit her ears like punches, drove her backward and away, all the way down her row of lockers. She crashed against the cold metal, clamping her hands to her ears, and froze. The girl stood there facing her, no longer slumped, head up, arms thrown wide, fists open and fingers splayed. Her eyes were so wide that the whites showed all around the brown irises. Her thick hair hung in streamers, partly obscuring her face, the tips moving as if there were a stiff breeze in the room, which there absolutely was not. Dana could not move. All she could do was stare, her mouth hanging open, eyes as wide as the girl's. She saw the pale face, pale skin, but now it was all different, changed. The girl's blouse was torn, so was her skirt. Her pantyhose had runs in them, and the expensive shoes were scuffed and dirty. The pendant was gone, and there was a red welt on her neck as if the chain had been forcibly torn away. And the girl was bleeding. Oh, no. I probably would have bled with that, but that's me. <laughs> It started with a single drop that slipped from the dark tangle of her hair and ran down her forehead and then soaked into one eyebrow. That's a good visual. I'll give him that one. All right, not bad. The blood was a dark red, thick and glistening. You're, began Dana, but everything else she might have said died in her throat as the second drop of blood fell down that pale forehead. A third, a fourth, more, the fat drops racing down the girl's face. Oh no, what happened? Are you okay? Her words trailed off as she saw the girl's wrists. At first they were unmarked, smooth, and then the skin seemed to pucker inward as if poked by something. Something sharp. The skin dimpled, then broke, and blood welled from each wrist. Dana felt panic flaring in her chest as shock, fear, and the desperate need to do something, anything, warred with each other. Help me, whispered the girl, and now her voice was so soft, almost distant, but filled with raw pain. We need to get you to the nurse, said Dana as she broke free from the paralysis of shock and hurried over to the injured girl. No, shrieked the girl, don't touch me. Then she shuddered as the fabric of her dress ripped along the left side of her torso and more red welled from a deep and savage puncture. Dana skidded to a stop, sickened and shocked. We need to get you to the nurse's office. Can you walk? Need to get him to a priest? She's got the stigmata? <laughs> she does. That was when she saw the blood on the floor. It ran from horrible wounds on the top of the girl's feet and into her shoes. It overflowed to pool on the floor. Dana's stomach lurched, her breakfast surging up and bile burning in the back of her throat. She swallowed hard and recoiled from the spreading pool of red. Please, she begged. How can I help? The girl was sagging again, her head falling on a limp neck, but her arms remained outstretched as if something held her hands to the lockers. No, not her hands, her wrists. The hands twitched, 
the fingers curling like dying spiders, but the wrists were pressed firmly and immobily against the metal, as if welded there, as if penned, as if nailed, possibly? <laughs> right. Dana made a grab for her arm, thinking she was stuck on something, a piece of broken metal, something. No, howled the girl. Please, stop. Don't do this. Please. The words jolted Dana again, her hands raised to touch, to help. I can help, she said. But the girl shook her head. Why are you doing this? I didn't tell anyone about the Red Age. I swear, please, God, don't. I'll get help, cried Dana, not knowing what else to do. Hold on, please. Just hold on. And it was in that terrible moment that Dana realized that the girl was not merely hurt. The wounds on her head, side, wrists, and feet were not random injuries. They were... Stigmata? Yes. They were the wounds of Jesus Christ. The crown of thorns, the spear thrust to the side, and the nails that held Jesus to the cross. All of it was right there. All of it was real, and it was beyond horrible. She whirled and ran, screaming for help, for teachers, for the nurse, for anyone. Behind her, the girl babbled, still telling Dana not to touch her, not to hurt her, begging her. Dana burst through into the gym, where 60 other girls were in teams playing dodgeball under the benign, bored eye of Mrs. Fraser, the gym teacher. Help! screamed Dana. How can you be a benign, bored eye when you're teaching dodgeball? <laughs> Shouldn't you be, like, looking at them like, oh, yes, kill each other? <laughs> With just rage and anger, just hatred in, in your heart and your eyeballs. <laughs> Everything stopped. Everyone turned. A thrown ball hit a girl on the shoulder and bounced away, making a series of diminishing thumps that were the only sounds in the gym other than the echo of her scream. <laughs> so they're not running at all? No, everybody just stopped. <laughs> they're playing dodgeball, but not moving. No. The only thing moving seemed to have been that one ball. <laughs> okay. Then everyone was in motion, running, yelling, with the short squat Mrs. Fraser outrunning all of them. Them all. Not all of them. <laughs> not all of them, y'all. Uh, okay. Crosswalks open, y'all. <laughs> it is Georgia. Dana spun again, and they followed her like an incoming tide into the hall between the big room and the locker room. The big room in the locker room? The gym? <laughs> yep. <laughs> the gyms. That's what they call the big room in Massachusetts. It is a big room. In here, yelled Dana, pointing. She's bleeding. She's been hurt. Show me, barked Mrs. Fraser. Everyone else, stay back. The order was fierce and was entirely ignored as the girls crammed into the hall and then burst out into the locker room. Next row, puffed Dana, out of breath and so scared that she had done the wrong thing. Should she have stayed and given first aid? She knew how. Both she and Melissa had been certified by one of their father's sailors back in San Diego. What if leaving the girl meant that she'd bled to death? Those questioned, questions banged around in her head as they wheeled around the end of the first row of lockers to where she'd left the injured girl. Mrs. Fraser pushed past her, but then stopped dead in her tracks. Dana careened into her and rebounded as severely as if she'd walked into a fire plug. What is a fire plug? Uh, fire hydrant. Oh. The other girls collided and bumped and stopped in a bunch. Everyone stared. At nothing. Ooh, Did you see that coming? Yeah. <laughs> at a completely empty row of lockers. At a clean floor. Not one single drop of blood on the fronts of the lockers. 
no pool of red on the linoleum. There was absolutely nothing there. But, but, stammered Dana. She bolted and checked the next row. Even though she was positive this is where she'd seen the girl. Even though her own locker stood open, the sleeve of her sweater hanging out. The next row was empty, and the next. The teacher strode through the room behind her, looking down each row, checking the bathroom in each stall, in the laundry room, in the foyer that led back to the main hallway of the school's basement. Foyer? You say foyer? Do you say foyer? I say foyer, because I'm fancy. Oh, you fancy, huh? I'm fancy. Do we have a foyer? Do we? Do we? Uh, sure. (laughs) Do you know what a foyer is? Yeah, it's the first room. It's not big. It's not a big room. It's not the big room? It's the first room. And it's not the locker room? No, it's before any of those. Oh. It's the first room. That's what foyer means in Icelandic. (laughs) Bet you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I bet (laughs) Icelanders don't know that either. (laughs) Icelanders? Icelandiers? Yep. Feeling real brilliant right now. (laughs) But in case you were wondering, there was nothing in any of those places either. In the foyer or the foyer. All right. I do it like Caribbean Caribbean, where like if it's not fancy, it's a foyer. And if it's a big fancy house, it's a foyer. Okay, so which one's fancy between Caribbean and Caribbean? I don't know. It's the Caribbean Islands and the Caribbean Sea. So, are the islands the fancy one, or is the sea the fancy well, one? it doesn't, I, neither one is more fancy than the other, but it's just that in different circumstances I use different All right. pronunciations. What about the pirates? Which ones are those? Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. All right. What do you say? I, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> I've been so vulnerable in front of you and you can't even answer my question. I'm closed off. (laughs) How will we ever grow if you won't tell me whether you say Caribbean or Caribbean? Uh, I'm such a I've let myself down. (laughs) Well, think about it. Think about what you've done to all of us. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm sad now. (laughs) The girls crowded around, scared and confused, looking with puzzled expressions at the empty row of lockers. Mrs. Frazier turned very slowly toward Dana. If this is a joke, she said in the coldest voice in town. It's neither funny nor appreciated told you jokesters suck no you said pranksters suck same thing it's totally different how is it different pranksters play pranks jokesters tell jokes (laughs) they play jokes no they tell jokes jokesters play jokes and pranksters tell tell pranks pranks. (laughs) i don't like pranksters and most of the time i don't like jokesters either (laughs) I'm not a very funny person. (laughs) I am unpleasant to be around. (laughs) (laughs) We've 
we've both made breakthroughs today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be unpleasant in the Caribbean islands. <laughs> I guess I haven't made a breakthrough. I've just identified a problem. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the other girls moved away from Dana and regrouped around the teacher. There was doubt in some faces, anger on others. A few leaned their heads close to each other, whispering and giggling. But I saw her, insisted Dana. She was hurt. She was bleeding all over. She was right there. Right where? Dana hurried back to the row of lockers against which the girl had stood and placed her hand on one closed door. Right here. She had this locker open. Mrs. Fraser stiffened. And Dana heard several of the girls gasp. Dana looked at the other girls. No one was laughing now. Oh, shut those bitches up. <laughs> Who's joking now, pranksters? Apparently Dana Scully. Some stood with hands over their mouths, eyes wide. Two of them had tears in their eyes. A few looked really angry, like they wanted to hit her. Mrs. Frazier stepped close to Dana. She was only half an inch taller, but she seemed to tower above Dana, her eyes hot, cheeks flushed, one finger hovering like a snake inches from Dana's face. Like a snake? One was she just like finger hovering? Was she just like wiggling her finger? Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. My knuckles don't bend how I am what? imagining. You know those toy snakes where you do like this? Yes, trying, the side to side. Trying to get my finger to do that. But fingers don't do that. I'm trying. You are trying. For everybody <laughs> listening, he is trying. That's what I'm imagining, her finger doing that. That would be creepy. Hell yeah. That'd be creepy just like the dead girl. <laughs> Creepier. Ooh, because it would be happening right now and yeah. not in the past. Because yeah, it'd be real. Because it'd be currently happening. <laughs> <laughs> if this is some kind of cruel prank girl, she said, and left the rest to hang, the meaning quite clear. I don't believe it is. I think it's the snake finger is going to bite Dana on her cheek. Yeah, see, but you started that with, I think. I know, it isn't yeah, clear. It's not clear. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, it's not clear to Dana either because she says, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Fantastic. Mrs. Fraser suddenly slapped her hand against the locker so hard it was like a gunshot. She shocked everyone to silence and tore a yelp of fear and surprise from Dana. That poor girl may have made some mistakes, said Mrs. Fraser. Maybe she shouldn't have been at that party, and maybe she was smoking dope. Oh, not the dope. <laughs> we don't know what went on, so they don't even know. They don't even know if she was smoking anything. Or doing anything. But that doesn't give you the right to play a horrible joke like this. But does it give you the right, Mrs. Fraser, to judge the fuck out of this dead girl? I think she's trying to defend her? By saying, maybe she shouldn't have been at that party, and she shouldn't have smoked the dope, and she shouldn't have been fast with all the boys, and she shouldn't have worn that short, short skirt, and she shouldn't have had those fancy shoes, and she shouldn't have been wearing those pantyhose. And had all those thick black pubes. <laughs> maybe she shouldn't have done all of the things that she did, and had, and was. But now I've lost the train of thought judging this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Joke? I don't... Wait, what girl? 
Whose locker is this? But Dana already knew, even though she's the one who just said that line before. <laughs> she looked at the closed and locked metal door, then down at the floor where the blood had pooled, and then up into Mrs. Fraser's hard eyes. Maisie? She whispered. She finally caught up with us. Good job. It's good. She probably shouldn't have admitted that. Seems, all of it seems a bit wild. What else would you have judged that girl for? <laughs> I think once you get to her pubes, there's not much. <laughs> That's not much else to judge. <laughs> Man, I asked you that question. And then took a drink of water. I what were you Buy me some time so that I could drink some water. And you went straight there. <laughs> But you're right. Once you start judging teenage girls' pubes, David. <laughs> yeah, there's no place to go from there. Away. Get away from the girl. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to have to put a not safe for work warning on this one. <laughs> well, that was the end of chapter eight. How are you feeling? <laughs> well, like, wow, we only got through one chapter already? Yep. Great. One more chapter. <laughs> chapter 9. Crager, Maryland. 2.19 p.m. Hysteria, said Melissa. Seriously? Seriously, Dana growled. They were outside the school, walking along the street toward the center of town, doing the walk and talk. Ah, the old Aaron Sorkin walk and talk. Yep. I couldn't remember Aaron Sorkin's name. <laughs> what did they do? Dana snorted. First, they took me to the office so the principal could bark at me. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> yes. That's very good. Mr. Sternholtz is an orc. Oh, I thought he was a dog. <laughs> he said, is he a dog-sized orc or an orc-sized dog? Oof. I guess an orc-sized dog, since he's... He's an orc-sized dog. He's more of a knoll. Oh, is that a thing, too? You fought gnolls before. Did we? In the, in the board game version. Oh, yes. Okay. Vaguely remembering. I don't think he ever smiles. Not sure he can. Well, not if he's a gnoll. Probably not. Or really a dog. Are oh. they smiling? No. They're just kind of opening their mouths. Yeah. It depends on how their muzzle is shaped. Yeah. Sometimes it looks like a smile. Sometimes they're just judging you. Sometimes they're trying to bite your face off. Sometimes they're not thinking about you at all. <laughs> Those are the nice times in my experience. Then they made me lie down for an hour in the nurse's office. And they called mom, of course. Not sure what she said, but when he hung up, Mr. Sternholtz looked like he'd been mugged in an alley. <laughs> Goals. Yeah. So now well, I need to carry a Sharpie at all times and be able to make people look like they were mugged in an alley through the phone. Well, I think in order for this scenario to work out, Riley has to get in trouble for something. And I kind of don't see that happening. I just want to do it to people. Or just not a school official? Just anybody? Just Not just anybody because, you know, like, not customer service personnel. They're just doing their jobs, but... I want to have that power. Uh. I do have a few short names that I would love to just call up. <laughs> <laughs> That's mom. They both nodded. 
Their mother was generally a quiet, almost passive woman, but not when someone said anything about her children. Women, am I right? Ugh. Must be that time of the month. That other girl was all bleeding all over herself. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. She never raised her voice, never cursed. Well, fuck. I'm not going to be a mom like this. (laughs) Yeah. No longer goals. (laughs) Never made threats. But somehow the message was always conveyed. Back off. Was she magic? Sure. If Dana's psychic, then her mom can be magic. Yeah. Okay. They reached their destination, which had become the center of their lives over the last few months. It was an old, peach-colored building that stood alone on the corner of what passed for the center of Crager. The name Beyond Beyond had been painted on the wood above the front window, the letters swirling with rainbow colors and dusted with glitter. There were two doors, the big one on Main Street that led to the store that sold incense, healing crystals, albums of Tibetan monks chanting, folk instruments like Australian didgeridoos and Chilean pan flutes, bead jewelry from Africa and Costa Rica, and icons from every religion in the world, and some, Dana suspected, that had been made up recently. Oh. That seems pretty blasphemous. Yeah. Do you know that didgeridoo's not the correct name? That's what the colonizers called it. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I And I complete. I've heard the actual name for it one time and didn't hold on to it. Hmm. So I can't correct anybody because I don't remember what the actual name is supposed to be. But I remember that didgeridoo is the colonizer name for it. So, it, yeah, fun fact. <laughs> it is. Maybe you can do an editor's note. Oh, sure. I'll try to <laughs> pronounce an a- Australian Aboriginal word. That sounds like fun. Maybe you can have the Google lady do it. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. It sounds safer. Yes. You could just spell it if you need to and then have the Google lady say it. Great. (laughs) Long glass cases lined the walls and lots of small display tables created a haphazard maze for browsers. A smaller side door on Calliope. Calliope. (laughs) (laughs) Avenue was used mostly for students and participants in the various groups and classes that met there, which ranged from yoga and meditation to Reiki massage, and even a local chapter of Alcoholics Anonymous. The two halves of the store were separated by an arched doorway, above which was a sign for the coffee bar. Flanked by dozens of hand-painted Malaysian flying figures, sphinxes, dragons, and bats. Great. This is like a modern day crystal shop 45 years ago. It's like that one town we went to. It is. Where we sat to have the fairies come out and then the fairies in the shape of a cat cat came out. (laughs) Yep. That's pretty rad. Sure is. It was rad. The girls went in the side and straight to their favorite booth, which was right past the arch. There were two checkout registers. One up front for the store and one under the arch, separated from their booth by a thin canvas screen, so the cha-chings punctuated everything Dana and Melissa said. Beyond Beyond was often a very busy place for so small a town, with people regularly coming from all over the region. All over the region? Can you imagine a crystal shop being just swamped in one of those small towns we just drove through? Like the one town that we went to. 
this most spiritual place in the world or state or country? All of the above. Yes. But this doesn't give me tourist vibes like that place did. Well, if they're coming from all over the region. I guess so. Apart from their school, which served the whole county, this place is tiny. <laughs> Even Arcadia has more than one elementary school. I might have just made that up. Also in the 70s. There were just fewer people then. Ugh. How nice. <laughs> <laughs> there was four billion people on the planet when I was born. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they all had babies. All of them. <laughs> the store was the only busy place in Sleepy Crager. Dana loved the store, even though a lot of it was too far in the post-hippie New Age lifestyle for her. The people here were nice. Their focus was on positive energy, peace, and advancement of the soul. And it was hard to find fault with that as a 15-year-old uh, girl. Sure. Absolutely, I loved places like this. <laughs> Is yeah. this a shiny crystal that I can touch and also some pretty jewelry and also it smells nice in here? Yeah, it's just in 2021, there's too much attached to it. Yeah, that's true. The crystal to QAnon pipeline is strong. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about back when I was a yeah. young teen and loved this kind of stuff. Because it was, it didn't have all the baggage. Uh-huh. They sat for a while and dissected the entire freaky occurrence at school, trying to make sense of some of it. Melissa had Dana go through every detail. Crucified like Jesus, she said when Dana was finished. No. That is so sick. No, crucified like the thief. Who's the... Th oh. The thief that was next to Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to get hate mail. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I get thousands of hate mails, because that means thousands of people listen. That's true. You have no and idea. And if you're thousands of people listening to this, listen to one of our usual episodes. <laughs> Go back and do our whole back catalog. We've got a full season. And if you like this, let us know. I'll do more of this. <laughs> you have no idea. And she said something about something called the Red Age. I heard that. I told you she was on her period. <laughs> <sighs> Red Age? What's that? I have no idea. I don't have any idea what any of this means. Dana noticed that several times during their talk, Melissa had touched the front of her blouse, right over where the small cross she wore under her clothes would be. Dana wondered if Melissa was aware that she did that a lot. It was a habit both of the sisters had developed ever since Mom had given them the crosses. Melissa wore a string of crystals over her blouse, each in a different pastel shade, which supposedly represented some kind of spiritual power. Dana wondered which mattered more to her sister. The cross or those crystals. Behind them, the register went cha-ching again. It seemed to break the spell of the moment. There was a blackboard on an easel just inside the side door to announce the cl which classes were offered that day. Right now, there was only one, and Dana squinted to read it. Psychic emergence? Oh, sure, said Melissa, nodding. That's supposed to be great. It's taught by that guy, Sunlight. Uh, uh. Dana raised an eyebrow. Sunlight? His name is Sunlight? That's what he calls himself. Oh, God. Haven't you seen him, Dana? He's so mysterious and gorgeous. Oh, I bet he has. 
no shirt and long light brown hair. Right. And he talks like this. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? And he makes eye contact, which most grown adults probably shouldn't be doing to teenage girls. Oh, and hello. You must be Dana, yes, her he, sister. He uses, I've heard so much about you. He makes eye contact and uses their names, and that's all that it takes because... And he keeps his, uh, puts a hand on their arm while he's talking. Yes, mm. light touch, uh-huh. It's creepy, it's creepy. I'm so, I'm so appalled for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he's Corinda's business partner and owns half of this place, though she runs it. Oh my God, there he is. A man, a grown, a whole-ass man. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting literary choice. School is school and a whole-ass man. What do you want? <laughs> I can't wait for this description, please. <laughs> All right, let's see how close I got. A man came out of the room and paused to talk with two others arriving, both girls from FSK High. Isn't he awesome? Oh. Asked Melissa dreamily. Dana had to admit that her sister had a point. The man called Sunlight was tall uh-huh. and thin. Of course. With very dark hair. Oh, damn it. I said and, light brown. And pale gray eyes. Ooh. That combo. Yeah. Dark hair, light eyes. In my 20s, I was considering getting colored contacts. It would have worked. <laughs> Dana thought that he looked like a poet, like Percy Shelley or Lord Byron. Weren't both of those guys notorious douche nozzles and homosexuals not percy shelley okay full sensual lips uh, marquis de sade i might be thinking maybe okay full sensual lips and an aristocratic and intellectual air about him yes like that you sh- <laughs> yes. where is my i need to people need to see your full aristocratic lips Okay, that'll be on Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) Or Twitter, because we don't have a cast files Instagram. Okay. It gets even better. Is his hair shorter or long, though? Very dark hair. That's all it says. Uh, I wonder if he pulls it into a ponytail later. How thick are his pubes? (laughs) (laughs) And do they match the drapes? How are we supposed to know anything about this man? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be somebody's first episode. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> At first glance, she thought he was 40. That's respectable. Nothing wrong with 40. <laughs> Can you remember who you thought was 40 when you were 15? Uh, and now what 40 actually looks like? I see. Who did I think was 40 at 15? Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I could never tell. I'd just be like, I don't know, adult man. <laughs> Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I can only think of old presidents right now. <laughs> I don't know why. Not Neither one of them have... Sean Connery in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There you go. Finally. He was probably around 30. Oh. It is the new 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there was a sense of age and authority in the way he stood and moved. When was the last time you met a 40-year-old and were like, age and authority? Every time I look in the mirror. (laughs) Every time I walk past the mirror, I'm like, oh, yeah, age, authority, six foot tall and super strong. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's probably rude to be laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Look, it was just a prank joke. <laughs> I'm just pranking you. You know what? You're right. Pranks are assholes. The students coming out of class all smiled at him and nodded to him and generally seemed dazed just to be in his presence. Oh, wait, we've talked too much. What class? Uh, Psychic Emergence. Oh, okay. So he didn't go to the high school. No. Okay. High school students came in and are all infatuated with him. Okay. You know, as you do. As you be in high school. As Riley said, Mom, I'm 15. Do you think I have a crush on somebody? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just in general, it's just like, who now? (laughs) Isn't he amazing? Enthused Melissa. Dana nodded to a second. Nodded to a second. Oh, the rest of the sentence actually makes that make sense. Oh, okay. I should have continued, (laughs) but I didn't. I decided to be confused in the middle. <laughs> I'm just going to cut this sentence off and not know what's going on. <laughs> I don't understand. What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> Dana nodded to a second, slightly shorter man who came and stood with sunlight for a moment. Younger, maybe 18, with thick black pubes. <laughs> <laughs> he must be Maisie's brother. <laughs> What has that done to us? Oh, my God. (sighs) With thick black hair and dark eyes. Oh. You know what? That's a good combo, too. (laughs) Yeah, Dana. (laughs) Where sunlight was thin, like a dancer. Live. I'm just, now I'm imagining him in those David Bowie tights with the (laughs) codpiece. The younger man was muscular. Like a gymnast. What? What? (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) Because, you know, dancers notoriously weak. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And gymnasts. They all look like The Rock. Right? What? (laughs) Okay. Whatever. Who's that? Asked Dana. Melissa must have caught something in Dana's voice because she gave her sister a knowing grin. Ooh. Oh, him? That's just Angelo. Oh, Angelo. He helps with some of the classes here. I see him around school sometimes. I think he works part-time there, too. Why? He's kind of cute. Not compared to Sunlight. Oh, mused Dana. I don't know about that. Also, girls, you're both in high school. This better be (laughs) as far as this goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least Angelo and Melissa could probably be okay if he's 18 and she's 17 yeah he works there part-time though i'm still like you don't think it's a good enough career path (laughs) that's not what i meant wow no i meant i don't like the i've already graduated you haven't graduated high school because that's like (laughs) no that's a fine career path (laughs) jerk face ah said a voice. My two favorite red queens. Oh. Sorry, I've been keeping you waiting. They turned and looked up to see the co-owner standing there. The sight of her always lifted Dana's heart. Corinda Howell was an overgrown waif. Uh, Okay. 
This just means she's like she's really tall and her limbs are too long for her body, but she's, she's real thin. Skinny. Overgrown waif. With masses of wavy blonde hair atop a willowy body that was nearly six feet tall. Oh. Can you be willowy and waif? Yeah. I guess that's still... I think it's the same thing. I think so. Okay. There were streaks and swirls of brown and red in that mane, though Dana could never tell if it was natural or a good dye job. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> there were thin braids mixed haphazardly within with the natural waves, and the looser strands were so fine that even the faint breeze when customers entered the shop made them lift and flow. That's a lot. That's a lot right there. She had a pale face and a splash of sun freckles. Green eyes that she emphasized with too much eyeliner. Oh, what a whore. And thin lips she tried to make bigger by painting outside the lines. Ah, what a whore. She's just painting on her face. Her legs were long and she wore lots of ankle and wrist bracelets. What a whore. <laughs> I hope he stops describing her so. Dangling earrings, necklaces, and occasionally a stick-on glitter bendy. Oh, no. Yeah, this book didn't come out long enough ago for us no. to be just cultural appropriating <sighs> all over the place. It takes place long enough, though, it that takes... I bet it's accurate. I'm not giving him any leeway. <laughs> no? No. Uh, you don't think he deserves it? No. All right. What if he describes, like, four more... 13-year-old girls' bodies. No, please don't. <laughs> okay. General only, if I, so I can kind of picture them generically. She was short. She was tall. She was medium. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I'll line them up. <laughs> their hair color can be their distinguishing feature. Thank you very much. She had brown hair. She had different brown hair. <laughs> she had a third shade of brown. <laughs> Thank you. Right. That's all I needed. I appreciate it. Great. Let's get into the story. <laughs> she was not particularly pretty, but very earthy. And a lot of men who came to Beyond Beyond seemed enormously attracted to her. Oh, enormously. Enormously attracted. Uh-huh. I think I know what he's talking about. <laughs> Corinda wore swirling peasant skirts and blouses that were either botic tie-dyed, botic, batic. How's it spelled? B-A-T-I-K. I have no clue. You can look it up when you look up didgeridoo. Okie doke. <laughs> tie-dyed or silk-screened with images of Hindu gods. Today was a botic day. Batic? And her colors were muted golds and plum and brown. What are muted golds? Uh, Is that just sandy dull. color? No, it's, it's gold, but it's not shiny. Okay. Hey, said Melissa. Hey, yourself. So, what can I get you? Wait, let me see if I remember. Coffee with triple half and half for you, Melissa. <laughs> Ew. Oh. And some of my special tea for little sister. Ooh, special tea? Yeah. Although, the... I'm going to sound super posh for a second. The salon I go to does have their own blend of tea, so I guess they would call it their special tea. Uh, it 
It's very good. Sounds to me like she's drugging him or drugging her. Maybe keep that in mind. Oh, really? Because uh, as soon as he said my red queens, I was like, oh, this this guy did it. <laughs> this, this is the dude that's doing it. This It was the woman who said my red queens. Oh, she said my, okay. I was just suspicious of him already. So. Yes. I mean, don't let that go too far yep. either. Because he's obviously suspicious. Yeah. Right, said Melissa. And muffins. There must be muffins. Or it's curtains for the free world. Uh-huh. Okay. Be right back, said Corinda, and she vanished, behind, leaving behind the mingled aromas of good perfume, incense, and vanilla. Melissa stared after her with a kind of starry-eyed adoration, as if Corinda was everything she wished she could be when she was older. A whore? <laughs> There you go, I called back to it. You weren't going to do it. <sighs> Corinda returned almost at once with two cups atop with plates bearing fat muffins were balanced. I did it again, and it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Corinda returned almost at once with two cups atop which plates bearing two cups atop which plates bearing fat muffins were balanced. Why did he write the sentence like that? I don't know, but I it makes sense to me immediately. I don't know why you're having such a hard time with it. Be on my side. Okay, I'm on your side. <laughs> Fuck this dude. We should go find him and murder him. Okay, no, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, okay, fine. So it was just me. <laughs> she set everything down without spilling more than a couple of drops. Good, good job. <laughs> Seems like it would have been fairly simple since she was just holding the cups with the plates on top and the muffins just set it down. Yeah, I agree with you. I am on your side. (laughs) It's getting so hot in here. (laughs) It really is. And we're over an hour. Are we really? Oh my god. Okay. Fetch silverware and napkins and a bowl in which stood a small pyramid of half and half. Corinda began to turn away, then paused. So sorry about what happened to your friend. Such a loss. A candle blown out too soon. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. Which, that just seems dangerous. So you lived a dangerous life? Yeah. Is that what that song's about? And I wish I'd known you when I was just a kid. Can burned out long before the legend ever did. My Ellen John always goes into share for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) You did. It really did. Dana said, thanks, but she wasn't really a friend. I never met her. You don't have to meet in the flesh to be connected by spirit, said Corinda. You knew her. Oh, biblically. Yep. No, not really, began Dana. Uh, no. (laughs) And then she stopped as something occurred to her. Wait, how did you know about what happened to Maisie? You mean, how do I know that you spoke with her in your dreams and she appeared to you today at school? Um, what? Dana gave it her and said that. (laughs) Corinda straightened and raised one eyebrow. And she held her arms out to indicate everything in Beyond Beyond. 
the soul attunement crystals, the display cases of tarot cards, the divination bone sets, the bags of rune tiles, the casting sticks, and hundreds of other objects. I don't want to sound pompous, girls, but it's literally my business to know. Oh my god. And we are That's... at the end. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. We did it. Good. Good. How many pages did we get through? Four. <laughs> it's two chapters, but I don't know how long the chapters are. Like 13. <laughs> it took us an hour to get to 13 pages. All right. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that's because we made some quality content here. Well, we definitely talked about pubes a lot. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Are you keeping this all in? Uh, probably not, oh, but okay. I'm just trying to sign off somehow. Oh, I see. Okay, well, that was us at the end of Chapter 9 of Devil's Advocate. Who do you think the devil's going to be? Yeah, I think they gave it away pretty early in the book. Dana? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to misdirect from here. Unless you're just supposed to know who did it. From the very beginning. Hmm. Who do you think is advocating for the devil? Ooh, Angelo. Why? That's a that's a, that's a shithead person name. Oh my god! <laughs> Are you gonna keep that in? <laughs> oh my god! It's not sunlight. Sunlight's not the shithead person. <laughs> Someone with a regular name is the. Sunlight. I mean, I don't make the rules. You're coming for Angelo. We just met him. Got... We just met Sunlight. Sunlight's such a douche. Can't you tell? I, yeah, no, I'm fooled. <laughs> it's the dark hair, light eye combo, isn't Oof, it? Oof, that's rough. It's hard to, it's hard to not be taken in by that. And he is slim like a dancer, while Angelo is... is muscular sl- like a gymnast. Slim like a gymnast. All right. <laughs> Until next time. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at the Cast Files. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a tea public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by at Uka Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. 